a playlist original. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. A playlist original. This is the Films at Home podcast, your source for everything home entertainment. Hey everyone, Jeff here from Films at Home. Thanks for coming back to the Films at Home podcast. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite audio platform, I do appreciate the support. Today's episode, we're going to be talking to Brad Henderson and Ryan from Terror Vision. Now, Terror Vision is a new label, Blu-ray label. They also do cassette tapes. They've been around for a little bit, vinyl records, things like that. But they're getting more into Blu-ray since Brad joined the team. And they're releasing some incredible stuff. I mean, they have hundreds of movies that they have the rights to, lots of stuff that was like shot on video, uh, thought to be lost. They're finding new negatives. They are literally like re-energizing movies that have been gone forever, have not had releases since the days of VHS, and they're bringing them to Blu-ray and eventually UHD. Like they're doing a really, really cool thing with their label. And we'll talk about this in the episode, but like, even though it's terror vision, definitely like obviously has a bit of a horror sort of theme to it. They're doing tons of stuff. They're going to do comedies. They're going to do dramas. They're going to really, you know, open it up and sort of, you know, their goal and their vision as they, as they'll tell you in the video, uh, in, in the interview is they want to sort of create that video store feeling for the 2023 consumer. And I think it's really exciting. So uh, this episode, we get into a lot of stuff. We talk about like how they get the rights to movies, how those licensing deals work, the process of like getting a movie from, you know, VHS or beta or a film negative or whatever you have over to Blu-ray and the costs associated with that. So if you were ever curious, like ever had questions about, man, how, how would you start a Blu-ray label? What are the costs with it? How would you license movies? Like they're super, super transparent about all of the work they're doing, which is really, really cool. Like not a lot of people are as transparent with the business side of things as they are. So if you're interested in that, you'll really like this. And there's a ton of talk here about lost movies and, and sort of lost media and what's happening, you know, even in modern day with, with streaming and movies that just sort of disappear from film festivals or just get you know lost even from the last five years so very interesting conversation with these two guys they know their stuff brad is is clearly pushing really hard on the blu-ray and movie side of things and i think terror vision is definitely going to be a label to watch so sit back relax uh, enjoy the interview and i'll talk to you guys at the end all right guys i'm here with brad and ryan from terror vision hey guys thank you for for joining today this is super exciting Happy to have you on, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having us. We we appreciate it. So, if you could, uh, each you guys just want to give a quick little like introduction to uh, to each of your backgrounds. You know what you do, and then uh, sort of talk Terror Vision and what Terror Vision's all about, just to give a little baseline for the audience. That'd be awesome, and then we can uh, jump into it. Mister Grayface. No, no. After <laughs> you, dear. <laughs> Um, yeah, so my background's uh, a lot in home video, um, you know, at, at starting from writing uh, reviews for websites, uh, for movies, for home video releases, 
way, way, way back when I had a podcast, blah, blah, blah. And then I slowly, I always wanted to start a home video company, but it's, as Ryan would probably tell you or anybody, it's incredibly expensive uh, to do that. <clears throat> so uh, I got in uh, my foot into uh, Wild Eye Releasing, which I did uh, for a little while with Rob over there. And then uh, simultaneously kind of getting in uh, with with Vinegar Syndrome because I was a huge fan of what they were doing very, very early on to the Night Train to Tear days. And mm -hmm. uh, I was doing some kind of freelance work there. And uh, eventually uh, a project came up that was really tough uh, and I guess they couldn't figure out. And they asked me and I said, yeah, I can do that. That's not a problem. And I was successful at it. And, uh, then I said, if you want me to ever, you know, find material or find rights, I'm, you know, good at that too. And so they just said, you know, sure, whatever you can find, you know, I guess just kind of not dismissing me, but, you know, humoring me a little bit. And I had five movies like two days later. Um, wow. and then, uh, they took that seriously and then I started doing some other work and then, um, yeah. And then eventually I was hired after, uh, the spookies thing. So I, you know, had the, uh, found the rights to spookies and, you know, that's eventually when they, I think they, they took me very, very seriously and hired me on as acquisitions. Um, and then, uh, during that time, uh, just on vacation, I met Ryan, um, at his store in Savannah at his record store and we kind of hit it off. Um, and we both like super weird things. Um, and then, you know, talking about vinyl releases, that sort of thing, getting these soundtracks out and then kind of, uh, the movie thing came up, you know, licensing films, doing home video. Uh, then we became, uh, you know, a partner label with OCN, AKA vinegar syndrome. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, we had, uh, five, six releases, under there and then we left OCN to do our own thing and now we're here and uh yeah we have uh three four four titles uh since we uh, uh left that partnership and now we're just doing our own thing so ryan a little background on you i guess to talk about your store and how you got involved here and sort of your background yeah so i started grayface 20 Oh my God, 23 years ago. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I, every year I do an interview and I, it, it gets longer and it makes me want to cry. Uh, yeah. So I started that 23 years ago, which was just a sort of indie rock recording label. Um, but the film side, we released three features in the first, I think, 12 years of being a label, something like that. They're, they're all terrible horror movies but uh <laughs> so bad that you won't be able to find them um but i just noticed that there was sort of a difference in the demographic that were even mildly interested in the film side versus the indie rock you know shoegaze psych stuff that we were releasing on vinyl so mm -hmm. that's basically when i hatched terrorvision so that i could completely separate those two marketplaces instead of pissing off indie kids consistently <laughs> with, you know, blood and gore more or less. Uh, so, so television started in 20 late 2014 
and uh, was mostly just LPs and um, LPs, cassettes, and VHS. But then, yeah, I, I had always wanted to get into Blu-ray, and I just didn't know what the hell I was doing. So when Brad and I met, it was a perfect sort of thing because he was like, "I'm sure we can do this." <laughs> yeah. Well, and you had, and so you sort of had, you had the brand, and you were just looking for the right guy to come in and just help, you know, launch the the movie side of it. Yeah, I mean, just like because I already had been dealing with a bunch of people about putting out their films for mostly VHS. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've got you know the rights to I don't know forty movies for VHS release, so uh, most of those I wanted to do on Blu-ray and VHS, and it just was like. I just didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So uh, very amazing to happen upon Brad, just browsing the Terravision section at my grave face record shop. <laughs> That's awesome. Really? So you guys had no, there was, you did not know each other at all before he just showed up and started browsing in the store. No. I yeah, no, I, I didn't know. I don't, I didn't know Ryan, but I knew Terravision yeah. the record label. I, I didn't know. Cause my my wife and I took just a surprise trip towards the end of uh you know t- towards the end of October of 2020, so it's kind of mm-hmm. weird because you know obviously people are slowly stepping back into public and yeah. you know Savannah was a nice spot because it's so open, you know it's not like you're inside all the time and they had a you know Savannah has a pretty good policy with masks and stuff so it felt like a safe place to go, and plus we were holed up for fucking six months so yeah. Um, yeah, she just surprised me and we went, you know, I always like to go to local record stores and she just surprised me and I walked in and I saw Terravision. I just thought it was a Terravision check- section. I didn't know they were based in Savannah and I was, the owner was sitting next to me, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, that that's kind of how it happened. And we kept in touch and yeah, and here we are. It's a, it's a, it's, you know, just the right place, right time scenario, just odd, but I mean, obviously it worked out, so. That's cool. Well, I think if I recall, you were holding the Spookies score that I released in 2015, and and I said, "Why the fuck are you? Why are you, why are you buying that or something like that?" <laughs> and, yeah. And your response was, "I'm the guy who found Spookies or something." I was like, what "Yeah, yeah." It so, was so it was so weird. Yeah. yeah. Just fate, huh? Fate aligns, but that's awesome. I mean, so I want to ask, like, you guys, you each mentioned going out and like finding acquiring rights to these movies like how how does that happen how do you get into that how do you how do you have you know happen to have 40 different you know rights to releasing horror movies how do you find a movie like spookies like you know for both like how does that just happen through connections or like you know there's so many movies out there that are like borderline lost that people are still discovering like how how do you go about that whole process finding things for the label yeah, I mean, we get asked that a, a lot and kind of the same answer always pops up that it's a different story for every film. You know, some things are really easy. Some things could take years, um, mm. but it's a lot of research. It's just a lot of knowledge. Um, what happened to these companies? So um, it's kind of like, you know, your favorite musician, your favorite band, you know, let's just say, um, you know, you're, there's a kind of a, a, a guitar for hire type guy, 
you know, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the dude that it was in like Red Hot Chili Peppers and Nine Inch Nails. Uh, but anyways, he's like in 20 different bands, but he has his huge fan base and people are just drawn to him mm-hmm. and they know every step that he has taken or any band like you, you follow, you listen to what. So, you know, all the little side projects, everything that they do, you know, if they have a hot sauce, if they have a clothing line, who they give their, you know, extra funds to for, you know, charities um super nerds like myself i follow like italian companies <laughs> and you know uh, producers and whatnot on everything it was just something that i obsessed with so uh you kind of just know sometimes like oh that film ended up in this acquisition in 1980 something and then it flipped over in the 90s when they got bought out by this one and then you know, the 2000, and it's just, honestly, it's just like tracing. And then a lot of that uh, stuff is like online or just word of mouth when you talk to filmmakers. So Mm -hmm. sometimes a director knows what happened to their film because they followed it because, you know, some directors just leave a project because they were hired, you know, and then sometimes, you know, a producer knows because they were hired for the company that, you know, made the film, they were a producer for hire. And so they kind of knew what happened to it. Um, So, but again, sometimes it could be uh, a year or two of tracking and tracing people down. Other times you just pick up the phone and it's like, Hey, you own this? And they're like, yeah, you want a license? Sure. And then it's done like within a day, like Hmm. that happens sometimes too. So it just it's 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 just a different like I said a different story for for everything. But having you know nerd knowledge definitely helps uh, you know quite a bit. Uh, the film aspect to it of like just knowing the movies that's just growing up and being a nut you know a film nerd. Um, right. So everything that we're doing um, is by taste and what we like so far, and, and it will continue to be that way. Um, because it's just, it's just a vast knowledge of just random shit. You know, I, I got into watching movies when I was very, very young and consumed everything I could. And then when my videos, like three video stores, uh, I just kind of rented everything and that's everything from like horror to drama to comedy, everything, you know, I mainly focused in horror and then I branched out to like action and then I branched out to drama and then comedy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started doing tape trading conventions when I was in my teens, um, you know, going to like, you know, basically they're just bootlegs of uh, conventions of, you know, mostly foreign films. It's not like new stuff uh, or stuff in the U.S. But it was like, hey, you know, you get these like literally blank tape, uh, no label. And it's like, hey, this is a German gore film. Five bucks, <laughs> you know, or it's like, hey, I have these. And you do a trade. I never traded anything. I just bought. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when, when you did those uh, type of things, you, you just got the weirdest uh, titles. And a lot, some of them didn't have subtitles. It was just, you know, it was kind of a, like a gamble on each one. And, and that's where in my, in my kind of mid-teens, my mom was taking me to those places. And that's where kind of everything grew. You know, I would go to flea markets. I would buy tapes. Um, I was at the right age when, you know, when DVD was coming out, all the video stores were like, well, this is a new thing. We need to make room. Let's get rid of all the tapes. 
And yeah. now, like, you can go online and pay $10 for a Ghostbusters tape. Well, at one point, when I was in my teens, those tapes were quarters. Like, yeah. no one no one charged a lot of money for, for tapes. That didn't happen until probably, I don't know, like 2010, 20, probably earlier than that, probably like 2008. That's when price of tapes just started skyrocketing. And then you couldn't get those rarities because the rarities were, was what was, you know, increasing. And I mean, even the standard tapes like Ghostbusters and Scream, people are like flocking over these things. Like you have those at a booth at convention, they're gone within minutes. Um, Because this whole resurgence came about. It's the same thing happened with records, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. records were super cheap and now they're expensive again. Um, so it's just a matter of, of time. And now if you notice like Blu-ray prices have went way down, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you, you go on like Blu-ray.com or Best Buy, things are like three ninety nine. dollars when, right. when Blu-ray came out, I was going to the store and they were $40. I mean, Blu-ray yeah. players were close to a thousand dollars when they, when they hit. Now you can get them at, you know, Goodwill or somebody, right. you know, for five bucks. So it's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, so it's really just like institutional knowledge then. I mean, that's sort of where where it all stems from. Uh well, I can't speak for everybody, but yeah, for 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 yeah. me, that, that's what it does. Uh you know, between going to school, you know, uh for for stuff and just kind of really focusing on film my entire life. Um because even when I was uh I did this like research and stuff way before I even had a job in home video. Mm. You know, but even when I started working at Wild Eye, it was different. You know, it was like newer things. We were looking for, you know, like C-grade indie films, you know, that were kind of just abandoned because it's really hard to market those things. I'm in the record store, so there's a customer that probably wants the new (laughs) insert bland record here. No worries. No worries. Uh, Uh, I I will say... When I started Terravision, it was really easy to acquire things like because I had already been a company Grayface for like that would have been 14 years or something. Why does this phone never stop? (laughs) (laughs) No voicemail. (laughs) It's probably full. Honestly, that's 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 my bad. Um, All good. But yeah, so I I just was accumulating all these contacts. So like the first the first 15 television releases on vinyl and cassette and, and and VHS were like the simplest thing in the world, you know. It was those are people that I had been sort of vetting so to speak for years and mm-hmm. um I already knew sort of the plan. It was just figuring out the financials cuz the idea with the television record side of things, like when I, when I put out Grayface records, the whole idea is like a sort of punk DIY vibe. So they're pretty cheap, like literally 15 bucks. And, you know, I spend eight and a half bucks making them tiny bit of profit, uh, yeah. but cheap, like in stores, cheap television. I was like, I really want to go lavish and and have things feel expensive and it turns out if they feel expensive they are expensive so uh, <laughs> so it was just a completely different sort of concept and 
you know, that, that was the only uh, difficult part of the, the imprint, you know, when I first started, it was coming up with the, you know, $26,000 ish per project to, to just get out a fucking puppet show on record. You know, these things that like, I figured no, no one in their right mind would buy, but I wanted to, I wanted to do them. So, um, now acquisitions have gotten harder, uh, on the, uh, you know, on that side of things, because there's a lot of labels, um, kind of doing a similar thing, you know, like, uh, it used to just be Mondo slash death waltz, wax work and, and television, um, which worked out really well. Cause wax work puts out stuff. I would never put out Mondo death waltz is like pretty mainstream. So I was able to like fill this really nice, small niche. Yeah. There's been like a glom of labels. Um, I can think of, you know, like 15 of them now all kind of going after the same sort of titles, which is it it fortunately hasn't proven to be an issue um, because a lot of them don't have much of a budget. So it's fine, but, but yeah, it's been a, there's been an interesting switch over the past five years, I guess is what I'm saying to, to where everything is competitive instead of like, it was very leisure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, in that competition in the, in the Blu-ray space, I imagine right now has to be pretty intense too, given the amount of these boutique labels that are out there. Right. I mean, we, we talk about, you know, you talk about vinegar syndrome and all their partners, but you've got, you know, a, a shout factory, a scream factory, an arrow video. And yeah, they're a little more mainstream, but like, I guess what's, you know, what's your plan to sort of stand out in that space? Is it acquiring, you know, these rare obscure titles or, you know, is it part of your packaging, special features? You know, how are you, how are you guys trying to build this label out so that you stand at, at least with those other guys that have been around for a while? I imagine it's, it's, you know, difficult to come in in you know 2022 2023 and try to kick something like this off yeah i mean there's there's obviously some competition here um and and it's it's, most of it's friendly friendly competition because we're we're in touch with you know labels you know we we talk to other labels we have friends at other labels i mean i still have a a good relationship at you know vinegar syndrome i'm still doing Mm -hmm. some freelance stuff there and consulting um so it's uh you know, it, it, it's it's not as like the bloodshed and the label wars, as people say, but there obviously is a, a competition. But something that I think stands out with TerraVision and will stand out. I mean, obviously, it's a little early, but this will show in, you know, probably the next six months is that <clears throat> uh, we're, we're building a label uh, based on kind of our specific taste and what we want to see out um not so much um quote unquote catering to an audience because uh, i feel that a lot of movies that are known and are released like you said mainstream a lot of those companies are dealing with like paramount mgm and yep. you know Lionsgate, which is cool i mean those movies are great too and we're in talks with those companies as well um but we're also after apparently like the more C grade 
<laughs> you yeah. know, seeing yeah. titles. But we do have some like A-list titles that are coming out. But it's also turning people on to things because that's something that I enjoyed and have enjoyed from my time in home video uh, since the beginning was living vicariously through people experiencing things for the first time, whether they love it or they hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is kind of gratifying when you turn someone on to a movie that no one like even knew existed, you know, aside from maybe a few hundred people, sometimes a few thousand people, but that's such a minimal number, you know, compared to the people that actually love and watch movies. Um, so, uh, we have a lot of surprises, you know, we're doing everything from kids movies to horror films, to, you know, comedies, to, you know, uh, going back to, you know, the early, 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 like 1900s we're talking about to like, even like brand new films that are just now coming out. Um, we're doing everything and it's based on what Ryan and I enjoy. Um, and mm-hmm. we talked in behind the scenes about how we're recreating a video store with the Terravision brand. So there is no brand, you know, the brand is, is our taste and what we want to see and what we love. Um, but that doesn't limit us to anything because I already, we, I get, you know, messages, we get emails saying, I don't know. I mean, I think you and I even said, does it fit the brand? Well, yeah, it fits the brand because there is no brand. You know, so yeah. that's that's the cool thing. It's just stuff that I mean, because there's so many a lot of companies, they focus on a uh, like a film side, get the film elements, restore it, you know, scan it, restore it, put it back out, which is 100 percent my jam. But not everything shot on film and not every film can be found. You know, there's many films that are neglected because the filmmakers threw away the elements. And there's a lot of companies that will just be like, oh, well, that's done. Well, that's not preservation to me. That's neglecting titles. And that's something that, you know, we discussed internally at TerraVision that we will do. Now, we will exhaust every avenue to find those film elements. But if we're left with a beta SP of a movie or a, a tape, and we know that it's not out there, then why not? If that could be the best presentation, because that is the best presentation. That's the only presentation you'll get because if it just stays on YouTube and $500 VHS tapes on eBay, that movie will fucking die. Yeah. It will be gone forever. You know? So that's something that, you know, we're doing at, uh, at TerraVision is we are solely focusing on widespread preservation. You know, and we've already, you know, uh, come to some films where they were known for not having material, but we ended up finding something, you know, and you can you can source from a print. You can source from an inner negative, inner positive, you know, obviously a negative. You can do a color reversal. You can do, you know, (laughs) I mean, you can do so many things. There's so, so many different types of film elements that prints can be struck or something can be struck that can be, you know, HD. Um, but then also sometimes you can't, but we also have uh, certain technology and things that we can take a beta SP master and we can turn that into something that looks really nice. I mean, you could take Now this is shot on video, of course, but you could take Copperhead, for example. Copperhead was borderline lost. I mean, you couldn't even find it bootlegged on like YouTube or anything. It's just not out there. 
And uh, we had three different transfers of tape done for that movie, which is stupid, but we did <laughs> we did it. But we were able to find the best version of the film, and it looks pretty goddamn good. And it, we joke around and say it shouldn't, but it does. Yeah. You know, it, it, it looks it looks really really great. Um, so we can do that with various movies that are even, you know, shot on 16, eight millimeter 35, because we come in contact with these producers and, you know, if it's a small film, you know, we're not talking big budget stuff that Paramount or MGM has. We're talking about individuals that own their own copyright and, you know, they distributed the film themselves. When that typically happens, um, they have the negative probably in their possession and they sent the internegative overseas um, to be duplicated if it had worldwide distribution or another country. That shit's probably lost because yeah. it's those things are incredibly rare and hard to find. And like, where do you start? All those labs are now defunct, you know, um, and more than 90% of the time they're thrown away. Uh, and then sometimes you just don't know what happened in the interpositive, but the, producer says oh yeah i threw it out you know it was in my garage it took up space you know because they're having these four or five canisters of film oh, yeah. Yeah, you sure. know it's pretty heavy and yep. uh you know it's probably in a, a an old goldberg that is rusted or film canisters that are shit it probably smells because it's in the heat and they're just like why would you want that in your garage it's staining your workbench it's staining your floor so they just end up throwing it away now when that happens then you're kind of fucked with an HD copy. And then, but we're Terravision's going in and getting the best possible source and we're bringing that back. And that's not going to be every movie we're doing. That's just an example of something mm -hmm. that we will be doing because we have had multiple films scanned already. You know, we have found uh, negatives, we have found inner negatives. Um, you know, we have UHDs planned, you know, um, so. If it, we will always present, and this is something for an, the audience and for yourself, because I I'm I get frustrated by this too, because I know that sometimes it's possible, is that whatever we have available to us to give the best presentation and it's warranted with the film, that's what we're going to do. So we have a movie that um, we have a movie that we should be announcing in April. Um, that will be probably more than likely as soon as we know the logistics, we'll have a UHD and it's really never been on tape. Oh, so it's moving from a lost, yeah, a lost scenario to UHD because it's, we have the, we have the capabilities. So that's the extent that we are doing it. We're not going to be putting out a Blu-ray and then seeing how it does and putting out a UHD. We'll be putting out the, the best version of the film, but not version, best like quality, I guess, as you could say, yeah. you know, uh, right out of the gate. If it's warranted, we do have some like newer films, like very contemporary things that are just now released. Um, and sometimes it's hard to justify UHD right out of the gate. We're not talking about like, you know, newer films that are in the theater or stuff. We're talking about like really small indies. Um, and some of these are, you know, sometimes they don't even master to 4K, which is crazy. 
um, because we come in contact with that recently with a film that we have, uh, again, another movie in April. And uh, I was just for sure we could do UHD on it. And they were like, oh, no, we can't because we <laughs> asked her to, you know. And I was like, why would you do that in 2022? It was 2021, I think it was done. But still, you know, it was just like, okay, well, then we can just do Blu-ray. But we're going to be very vocal about that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, certain things that are new or we'll be pick and choose. But older stuff, if we have the capabilities and uh, it's and, – and that's the other thing. It has to be like – it has to be real. Because as sure as you have this show and you review home home video, that a lot of 4K is fake sometimes, um, and yeah. not true 4K UHD. Well, right. we're not going to do that shit because that costs money for us. Because even if you have not true 8 4K UHD and you you know fake it or it's like an upres, it is fucking costly to put a 4K UHD title out. Like it's yeah. almost three times the amount that it is for a Blu-ray. Well, we don't have we, one. We want to f- use those funds to acquire more films. <laughs> we don't want to do it as a market because the thing is, just like DVD was, just like Blu-ray was, and now 4K, it's a marketing gimmick for right. a lot of things, and that's something that we will not be a part of. Um, so it's not like every t- every month there's going to be a UHD coming from Terravision. That won't happen. But when the possibilities are there, yeah. And we just have to be vocal about a 4K scan doesn't equate to a UHD. That's not what that means. You know, mm-hmm. you can have something in a 4K scan and not have UHD capabilities. Because we scanned a print in 4K recently, you know, because it was the, the movie was scanned before as a print. And a little bit, there's some compression issues and whatnot. And so we had the opportunity to scan in 2K, 4K. And I was like, eh, do it in 4K. Uh, but that doesn't, you can't bring a print to UHD. I mean, you could, but it would be a lie. You yeah. know, and then we would get bad reviews and be called liars or whatnot for the people <laughs> that analyze these things. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll be vocal. We, we just recorded our first episode of our kind of Terravision uh, podcast where we'll be covering the titles and explaining what we do and how we nice. do it. Yeah, I think the transparency part of that is key for, for this audience, like the collector market that really this, this caters to, um, because a lot of that is lost at the larger suit. Like you said, there's, you know, these upreses and marketing gimmicks and it's like yeah was, is that really even worth buying on 4k you know that's kind of the conversation a lot of people are having right now um there's some excellent restorations like don't get me wrong but then there's yeah there's some clunkers too or some stuff that you're just like is it is it is it worth 30 dollars to go from this to to this this minimal tiny little you know difference that is sort of artificially created anyway with with up resolution so yeah i appreciate what you guys are doing like i think that transparency will be huge the more you can talk about the process um and that's that's part of what i wanted to do here with this podcast too is like open that up to people in this world because i don't think anyone understands the amount of time and effort that go that go into all of this whether it's a uhd or a blu-ray or whatever you're putting out there i mean i have people who are like hey you have an audience like why don't you go try to acquire films and put them out and i'm like because because it takes a 
shit ton of work and effort and time and money and none of which I have right now. So like, yeah. it's a lot harder than what people think. And I, you know, it's what you oh, guys are doing is really expensive. cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, even if you take, cause we, we always get, um, not, not we always get, but I see comments online of like, why does a shot on video movie cost so much? Yeah. Because it's, it's expensive. Like just, you're not really dealing with like, it's, there's not a huge jump between, you know, VHS and, and Blu-ray or uh, VHS and and film. There is a gap, but it's not, we're not talking like $10,000. We're talking a few thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's done right. You know, like I said, we, we, you know, with, with Copperhead acquiring it for the license, um, you know, shooting new extras, doing three tape transfers, getting it on Blu-ray, and then the headache that it was to get it right. I mean, we consider Copperhead cursed behind the scenes because we had so many issues <laughs> with with getting with getting it out and and getting everything correct. End of the line was the same thing, you know, because we're also meticulous, right? We don't want to half-ass anything. We don't want to put something out because there are some not Blu-ray companies, but there's some DVD companies that just are like, oh, what, what, what format is it? Oh, an MP, MP4? Sure, put it on a disc. That's yeah. not how things work. Things have to be specific for Blu-ray to be perfect. And uh, you, can spe- you can spend a longer time on, um, on sometimes a shot on video. I mean, the amount of time and headaches that for horror workout that we're dealing with um, is insane, but we're doing it, you know, and, and we'll continue to do it. So, yeah. So I, I wanted to ask Ryan, you, you brought up earlier, you have like the rights to you, or you had the rights to like 40 different movies for VHS releases, right? Right. How, how, how does that work? Do you have to relicense things like that for, dvd blu-ray like is it a different licensing deal or are those titles that you still have access to no it's all very annoying it's all very specific to the format so (laughs) i wish i wish that they were transferable um no and i i mean we haven't actually launched our sort of new vhs line uh yet Cause if you go to the website, there's currently nothing for sale cause it all sold out. But I mean, we're sitting on a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff right now. Um, between VHS, LP, cassette, Blu-ray. I mean, I don't even, I don't know. I would say like 150 plus releases that we're kind of hoarding. Um, not for any reason other than we're trying to do the More best possible that. job with all of them. So um ryan, lot ryan of, calculated what's that <laughs> so we have a lot more than that <laughs> it's how it's many, an it's it's scary is what it is how many do we have uh we have close to 250 movies <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah so what's i mean so what's that release schedule look like for you like what is the time <laughs> yeah i mean it must um, right no, it, 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 it's fine because we're, we're able to, uh, you know, some stuff we have to do contractually. You know, we have to get it out at a certain time. 
But we also don't have a problem delaying something if we know we can, uh, you know, make it right. So, you know, we had for for our last announcement, we had uh, Copperhead and End of the Line. And then our our next, uh, which we should be announcing probably in the next, like, I would say two weeks or less, our next three titles. And then we have four titles, uh, trying to do four titles in the next month and then five the next month and then six. So the standard will standard will be six a month, uh, starting hopefully in June if we're able to do it, um, which we're kind of on track. And then uh, our we've we've joked around, and this is actually a serious thing that we're trying to do is we have uh, ten titles in October, just for the month of October, but it's all horror films, um, yeah. just to do something fun and kind of mm-hmm. special, and maybe have some extra goodies uh, with it, but. Um, yeah, it's it's you know it's just trying to do things. I mean, there's are are obviously some like package things, like some box sets and multi film sets and stuff like that that will be in there. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy. But we're also not slowing down on acquiring things, so nothing has changed. And um and and to be fair, like you know we had the stuff that you're seeing right now like Copperhead and the line, you know, Attack of the Killer Refrigerator, those types of things. Those were all done when we were doing like one a month when we were a partner label. Mm-hmm. And now uh, those are coming out. So when we, uh, you know, when we split and started doing our own thing, we really kicked it into high gear towards in um, kind of the, the beginning of April. Um, I had a, truckload of films that I have found the rights and material for through the years of doing this. That's so that's the other thing is I had a lot of content that I was, that I had in my back pocket that, you know, I was having a tough time getting anybody at vinegar syndrome to sometimes pay attention to because it was too obscure, too weird, or sometimes, you know, shot on video, shot digitally, whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. I was still trying to get those out. And I also had even stuff from my wild eye days, like attack of the killer refrigerator and copperhead were two titles. I was trying to get for what became visual vengeance. Um, it was called, I think wild eye, like SP or EP or something when I was doing that, but I was starting a, a shot on video line at wild eye. And that's where I acquired slaughter day, LA age jabber and stuff like that. Uh, with Rob, it just things were a little bit different with some of these other films with, you know, money wise or, you know, contracts, whatnot. Um, so I had probably maybe 40 or 50 of those titles that were I was just kind of sitting on. And when Ryan and I talked about it of not having a brand, it's just as soon as we start this, we got it. We signed them all. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost every day we were signing one to X amount of, of films. And we're still kind of doing that. You know, we're in talks with multiple companies, uh, you know, package deals, individual movies, you know, indies from shot on video stuff to contemporary titles to working with other studios. Like it's, it's, like I said, it's all day. Every day is just insane amount of emails and, and trying to, you know, make deals, make sure that, you know, people are happy because we're also kind of like filmmaker first, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not that we're kind of, we are filmmaker first because we're dealing with a lot of filmmakers right out of the gate. And a lot of movies still today are dumped on 
on media, you know, oh, yeah. with no extras, no nothing, you know, shitty Amray cases, you know, yeah. I mean, if, if they even get that and they're not just dumped on a streaming service somewhere to be lost, you know. Right, right. Well, that's something that I've been, you know, very aware of over the past like five years is there's a lot of newer films that don't see a physical media release. Yeah. So that's something that we're doing. We're going to these streaming companies because shitty enough, a lot of these companies, when they acquire a film, they include home video rights in those contracts. Oh. So they have the streaming rights, which is what they put out, but they have no intention of ever putting out a Blu-ray, which is super fucking shitty. You should just keep it separate. But luckily, a lot of these companies are like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, you know, we'll we have no problem doing home video. That would be great. They like want to, but it's expensive. And what do they do? They put out a small indie on on Blu-ray and then sell it on their non-existent website that they have or store. Right. So it makes sense why they can't, uh, but it also makes sense why they actually acquire it. So it's kind of like a double edged sword and that sort of thing. You know, they're almost they're you know, because there's a very divided audience with streaming in physical media and there's a little bit of crossover. Um, so we're trying to work with some of these companies like, you know, we'll promote the streaming service. You promote the physical media, vice versa. Um, and we're obviously getting stuff for streaming too um, when we acquire things because mm-hmm. you know we have that in our back pocket because we have opportunities because there's many streaming services now uh, that you can just go to and say hey here's ten films what do you want you know let's yeah. let's make a deal and that helps out too um, but yeah there's 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 a lot of films that we've acquired that um, are indies from like the early two thousands that are stuck on DVD or never had a physical media release that are coming out through television. You know, I end the line is a perfect example. I mean, that movie was released in 2007 on DVD um, and it hasn't moved from a format since other than I think a Blu-ray. Well, it's not a very good Blu-ray in Germany. Um, But other than that, that's the jump that the movie made. And we have plenty of, like I said, plenty of other indies that are from the 2000s and things like that, that we're very, very happy to bring uh, to home video. And there's a lot of foreign films that we have that got, you know, a physical release in their home country, but never, never over here. And, you know, we've, we've acquired a few of those and those are kind of the early 2000s. A lot of festival stuff. I will say that because, you know, it, it, I've been a f- going to festivals for a long time and they're a blast. And then sometimes you'll never hear of these movies again on home yeah. video. And it's one of the most frustrating things. So I've been just going through my old catalogs of festival and I was like, what happened to that movie? You know, mm-hmm. and then we're, we're picking those up. So, yeah, I feel that for sure. I mean, I, I, I won't mention the title, but that's how the one that I mentioned to you, I was, it was the yeah. same thing. I was like, I went to a festival. I saw this great movie 10 years ago and I feel like nobody has ever seen it since. <laughs> yeah. It no, great. I think, I think it's and a they good just example. disappear. Yeah. It, Cause I, I do the, I mean, I'm not crazy with festivals. I go to the one in Boston pretty much every year, independent film festival there. Um, at the great Somerville theater, which is still independently owned. And it's like a hundred years old. It's just awesome. But I've seen so many movies there 
and it is it's so wild how much people always think like oh lost movies yeah yeah they're 100 years old like there are lost movies from the last five well, yeah, years yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which there's is some wild. movies that don't have a chance yeah we 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 recently acquired one of my favorite uh french movies i saw at a festival years ago and a, a dvd came out in france and luckily it did have english subtitles but that's it it only came out in france so when I talk about this movie, no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about because it didn't even really play a lot at festivals. It played at a few. Um, and that was one of my like big things that I was after um, because I always was like, man, if I have a video label, these are the movies that I'm going to have because those are my like those are my babies. Um, so it's actually it's a little bit more gratifying doing a television because it's it's more personal, I think. Mm-hmm. But did that with you know obviously vinegar syndrome as well and a couple titles for you know wild eye during that time so so fair to say you guys have quite the uh quite the runway as a bit to to keep releasing titles which is always good because i think that's some I, I i mean i have that concern i see a new label pop up but i'm like all right you know here it comes they'll have a string of three or four months and they'll have 10, 12 titles. And then all of a sudden it'll be six months before you hear from them again. And then it'll be a year and then they're gone. Right. So that the fact that you've come into this with a really nice catalog is good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, well, that's the thing is that we want to keep that momentum. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's fun on our end. It's, I know it's fun as a fan because I, you know, you can jump on my social media and you can see pictures of my, you know, media room and all the shit that I have in there. I'm, I'm, I'm a physical media fan first and foremost. That's what got me into this business. Yeah. You know, I loved, I mean, I was buying, you know, my parents were, we bought the beta, we bought the CEDs, we bought laser discs, we bought, you know, tapes. My mom very bought the very first DVD player when it came out. It was a thousand dollars, you know, spent like $50 on the fucking crow on DVD when it came out. Like that's, that's what I did. And you know, the same thing with Blu-ray. I remember I bought a PlayStation uh, three or two. Yeah. Three because it was, $100 cheaper and it was $600 six it was $100 cheaper for the blu-ray player yeah uh, you get buying a ps i didn't even fucking play play i never played one game on that goddamn thing <laughs> i bought it for a blu-ray player and i remember buying like t2 for like $30 um but you know that that that's kind of my background so you know I, i'm a hardcore fan of physical media and also of the movies so it's 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 really fun uh, to do that, but I also like to um, the anticipation for for announcements is is something that's really cool, you know, like yeah. that Vinegar Syndrome does and Arrow does. They have those monthly announcements, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes it's hard to keep up because then labels. Uh, I mean, they do good work, but Screen Factory is just so all over the place sometimes. It's like, oh, here's five titles, and then you won't hear anything for a bit. And then those five titles are great. It's stuff that we wanted. But at the same time, it's like it kind of gets lost in all these because there's so many boutique labels now. Yeah, the consistency so is – Yeah, consistency it, is important. It, it's key because there are a lot of labels like uh, the 
like even the Vestron video label that Lionsgate does, right? Which is a pretty cool right. label, but like, yeah, you'll go, you'll get two, and then you'll go six months before you hear anything. And it's like, do they still exist? Did it die off? Did they stop it? That monthly consistency will be huge for you guys. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, 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 that's I appreciate you saying because that's that's something that we're you know we're very concerned about you know with our announcements and and mm-hmm. things like that. So I mean, we're trying to build those titles up and getting X amount, but we'll always at least have one for sure. But you know, uh, I think we'll I think we'll pull it off because the 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 thing that is tough about doing what we're doing is that we're not at the mindset of like, let's take it easy. We're at the mindset of like, let's act like we've already existed for five years. Yeah. You know, because it's where we are. We've been doing this for a while. So, you know, it's just learning some new things because uh, we had big teams or I had a big team back when I was doing home video and other companies. Now it's pretty much, like myself, Ryan, you know, Justin Beams now part of our team at Terravision, which we're super excited about. He's great. Uh, he was on the podcast. He was yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, and I saw Justin was on here. And then, yeah. of course, you know, Ryan's wife, Chloe, she takes care of all like the shipping and packaging and all the cute little things that you get when you order a, a disc. Um, you know, Earl, uh, you know, Kess is doing our artwork, so he's part of our team. Um, so, you know, we don't have it like everything's kind of funneling through myself and now Justin because uh, there's just a lot. There's a lot to put together on the QC mm-hmm. side of making things, you know, fuck up and have mistakes, which are it's going to happen. Like no matter how many eyes you put on things, you're still going to have mistakes. Um, and I've even seen mainstream uh, companies put the wrong image on the back of a fucking Blu-ray from another oh, movie before. all the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I don't think that will happen, but, you know, misspellings and stuff like that, that's, that shit's going to happen. But the the amount of work that goes into QCing stuff, you know, I mean, we recently just did that with our subtitles, our captions for a movie is that our QC, like our QC report is like we missed a bunch of periods and commas and stuff. And we're like, oh, okay. We'll go back and change all that, you know, and that's what we did. I mean, there's going to be things that fall out, but yeah, we only have, we have a small team doing all of this stuff, you know, but between, like I said, getting the restorations done, getting the scanning done. It's a long fucking process, you know, and, and things that I tease about online right now, those sometimes won't be out for another year or two. Cause that's how right. long it takes, you know, from, you know, from acquiring something. And again, it's a different story for every title. You know, we could acquire something, you know, today and it's like, okay, well we have the master. It looks good. We can do a couple, you know, a few interviews, do a commentary and we can flip it out in probably a couple months. That's, you know, something that's very easy. But if it's something like, you know, tape and we have to find elements, you know, it gets on this list of things to do. And it can be up to sometimes, you know, two years. So it's so crazy. I do, I do want to ask, like, and, you know, maybe you can both comment on this, having dealt with this in different spaces. But, like, what are those what are those deals like? I don't know how much you can say, but, like, is it is it usually like, hey... You know, I, I want to release your movie. Okay, here's 
here's here's lump sum now i own the rights and i'm you know now we take the burden of we need to put the money up front yeah. to to manufacture this and release it and or is, are they royalty deals or like how how does a lot of this stuff come together because i am super curious like i don't know could 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 somebody like me go out and be like well here's five grand i'm gonna buy the rights to your movie on on blu-ray or is it you know much more involved than that for a lot of these these contracts it, it again different different story for every movie i mean we have you know and it also depends on the movie and sometimes the person knows the film's success or popularity, which changes mm-hmm. things. So again, it's a different, different story. I mean, we have deals from where we have, uh, you know, we have a set of lost films that are coming out from a filmmaker. It's four, four films. Uh, he made it when he was younger, um, all shot on video, no audience, no IMDB page for these movies. No, nothing. You know, you cannot find them streaming. You, the only reason why you know these movies exist um, is through tape trading. And we also have a guy that we acquired three films of his that he lives in Ohio. Um, and he just self-distributed. No IMDb page. You can type these movies on Google. They don't pop up. Nothing. Well, it's really hard to make money off of those things because we're practically doing a new movie. So some of those deals is just like you let us have the rights. We'll put it out. We'll split the, we'll split the profits. Got it. You know, then other films, it's like, Hey, we want to license this. And they're like, sure. $20,000. And it's like, okay, let's evaluate to see if that's a smart move for us. And, you know, Because the thing is, is like you may acquire a movie for $5,000, but the amount of money that it costs to put that movie out correctly is 10 times. (laughs) I mean, to to put out a like to put out a DVD is pretty cheap, but to put out a Blu-ray, you know, from from start to finish, I mean, you could be looking at like 20 grand, you know, easy to put to put a disc out. And that's without any issues. And that's, and that's, and that's oh, just to get the first, pr- and then you, I mean, does that include, you need to manufacture hundreds, thousands of these, or is that literally just to get to the finish line and then oh, that's just replication a, costs? I mean, obviously the replica, the, but it's, it's, yeah, it's mostly getting to the end. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's going to cost more if you want more, but you know, right. our, our slip covers are, you know, not cheap because they're great quality, you know, yeah. so that, that adds up significantly. You know, the Blu-rays obviously cost. I mean, there's like there's so many other like little fees that people don't know about, like between your authoring fee and stuff like that. And you got to pay for QC. There's just so many different like the bill racks up. I mean, Ryan can tell you he does all the payments. The bills just rack up like every little thing. You know, it's like, oh, we have to create captions. Okay, well, let's we got it. We got to do that, you know. We have a problem with the audio, you know, like end of the line, we did a 5.1 mix on the film because we had the opportunity to that fucking cost money, you know? Mm. So every little thing that you change, every little thing that you improve, it tax on a fee and it may be a hundred dollars. It may be a thousand dollars. Like, Oh, it's just a thousand dollars. But once you look at the end of the day, it's like shit from start to finish from acquiring, we spent 30, $40,000 on getting this movie out. Is it going to fucking sell? I don't know. 
<laughs> you know, so it's 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 and that's the thing. There's always a big gamble. And sometimes with filmmakers, you can explain to them like this is a fucking gamble. No one knows your movie like it's disappeared. Like we can't give you 20 grand. We can give you this and maybe like a 50 50 like after. So but the, there's no standard de- deal. Yeah. That's, I guess, the long story to this is that there's no standard deal. You have to evaluate the movies. Sometimes when you deal with big companies, they just have a flat rate and you can't get around that. And that's incredibly expensive. Um, so, again, every every story from attaining rights to manufacturing, getting out, it's always it's a case by case basis. But if you do everything in my eyes, what I say correct when you don't skip by on any things, cause it's easy to, it really is. And some things will go unnoticed. Some things, you know, you'll have people will be like, Oh, well that sucks. You know, I don't want somebody to buy one of our titles and say, well, why didn't you do that? Well, I want to have an answer why we didn't do it. I just don't want it to be like, well, we didn't feel like it. It cost too you know, um, I mean, we all have to do things within reason too. You know, we just can't blow a bunch of money on a unknown lost movie. But uh, you know, like I said, it, we just we want to be clear and transparent on what we're doing and how we're doing it and why we're doing it. Um, and hopefully, our audience and future audience will appreciate what we're doing and the time that we spend on a shitty shot on video movie that we love. <laughs> uh, but that's not all we're doing. Obviously, like I said, we have things that are shot digitally things that are shot on film. You know, we have, we have everything coming out uh, with Terra vision. Cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think you guys have, it sounds like you've got it. It sounds like you've got to figure it out. I know it's a lot more. <laughs> it's a lot more work than you haven't than figured that. out. We're still learning. But <laughs> it's yeah, always. I mean, you're always learning. You've got a path though, which I think is really good. You've got a. You've got a vision here. I could see this. You've got a. You've got a terror vision. Um, it's. It's going to do really well. I think, and I'm excited because a lot of these movies. You know, I'm. I like weird stuff too. So when you're telling me if it's a. Uh, if it's too weird and obscure for vinegar syndrome, like count me in, like that's, that's usually my limit of weird and obscure. So like, let's go beyond that. I would love to check some of these out when you guys start pumping them out. I got to grab the last couple. Um, but yeah, keep, keep me posted on the announcements and hopefully it all works out. But this is like, nobody's ever given this level of transparency and like what it actually costs and licensing and, and all that stuff. So this is, Super helpful for me to understand. That's way too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, Ryan yells at me most, most of the time, but a very Mr. Grayface yells at me with love, but yeah, no, it's, I, I, it's one of those things where I don't recommend people to getting into this because like, it's just, because here's the thing is that no matter what it costs, you know, every film, there's no way to predict how a film will do. Yeah. Sometimes your most weirdest title will take off and you have no idea why. Yeah. And then you might have a fucking banger that you think where everybody <laughs> talks about and has a cult following and then it doesn't move. Hmm. There's Z I've, I've seen it a million times. I did it for many years. It's 
unpredictable. I mean, certain things, you know, it's like, okay, that's going to do well, you know, but sometimes you'd be surprised how hard it is to move even like 3000 units on something, you know? Um, but we're also the other thing on that, which we, you know, would like to talk about is that we try to make our releases very affordable for, for any, for any consumer, because it's very like, again, it's touch and go with pricing on, on, on movies. I buy Blu-rays all the time. You know, we're going from like 20 bucks to like $75 sometimes it's insane. Oh yeah. And we're trying our best. Uh, right now, everything that we have in our on our website is twenty four ninety nine, and we're going to really try to keep it at that price point, unless you know it's a bigger box set, of course, where there's you know sure. more films. Um, you know, obviously UHD will cost a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, and then we also have our club. So if you sign up for our club uh, at this moment in time, uh, you know you pay two hundred and twenty five dollars. And for domestic, that's shipping included. So you're getting each title for twenty two fifty right to your door, um, which I consider incredibly cheap. You know, in the grand scheme of yeah. what everything costs, and that is not skipping out on the art, the box, you know, the the slip covers, the packaging. Everything's a hundred percent just like your other favorite companies. Right. Um, you know, we're not going cheap with that, but we're Times are tough for everybody. You know, we're probably possibly going to go in a recession more than likely at some point, you know, and we want media and movies to be uh, a thing that people can buy and watch and enjoy while things are sometimes miserable outside, you know, and we want we want you to know that you can come to us and we have a decent price on our titles. Now you may get something super fucking weird. If you don't like (laughs) incredibly possible uh, and probably will happen, but you know, obviously you could just resell it on eBay, but you know, there's, we we want to have a, like I said, a video store, a community that you could come to and you have a wide array and of, of things. And yeah, we just, we just want you to, Enjoy what we're doing and we want people to see it because sometimes, you know, these movies cost so much. You have to wait and save up, you know, you have to wait for a sale. You know, we want our stuff to always look like it's on sale. You know, it is. It's $24.99. That's fucking super cheap considering of how much work and time goes into things. Um, Absolutely. I I know it's easy to miss and be like, movie sucks. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like okay but we spent almost a year on getting that out to you i understand you don't like the movie that's cool but you know the packaging was nice you know it has 13 hours of extra features on it you know i mean we didn't we we like that's not a joke copperhead has 13 over 13 hours of extras on that disc you know well and people oh. just need to keep in perspective like it's kind of crazy but like movies are one of the few things that have actually gotten cheaper over time in, in total. Mm-hmm. Like I have laser discs that are still sealed that I've collected that have, you know, $60 price tags on them. It's like, can you imagine paying 60 bucks for Jurassic park on laser disc? Like now you can get it for five. Like it's one of the few things in this world that has yeah. actually been able to become a little more affordable, which is why I, I love it. And I collect, but 
Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, um, you know, when I was working at a video store, if someone lost the tape, it's like, well, you got to buy it now. Oh, what's it cost? Nine, $99. Yeah, insane. Because that's what <laughs> tapes were costing at that yeah, time, yeah. you know? And you sometimes, even though you had this VHS revolution, you know, in, in the 80s and, and 90s with video stores, the reason why those people were making a lot of money is because those tapes cost between, you know, 60 and a hundred dollars a piece, you know, e even it's well up into too. like the early two thousands, you know, uh, late, late nineties. Um, I remember my mom purchasing tapes for me. Like I remember buying mortal Kombat for 39 95. Mm. So right. that's why I have yeah. no problem spending sometimes 50 bucks on a fucking UHD because I did a lot of stupid buys when I was younger <laughs> uh, and asked my mom to buy me stuff because I wanted to watch the movie at any time, you know, and that's still cool. Um, but yeah, people don't realize how, yeah, you're right, you know, and it's, it, it is kind of fascinating how things have gotten cheaper uh, with movies, but they're still expensive because there's just so much going on. Because we want to buy everything, right? You know, you oh, want to yeah. buy, you want to support all these companies. You want to buy from Screen Factory, Vinegar Syndrome, Synapse, all this stuff. And before you know it, it's like, you know, even the partner label stuff with, with VS is like, oh, there's 10 great, cool things that I could watch, but that's going right. to cost me, you know, fucking $400. <laughs> Like, you know, it, it all adds up. It all right adds there. up. And yeah, we, you know, we, we, if you buy any of our titles, we're internally grateful. Even if you don't like it, we're still happy. Let's talk awesome. about it. Let's talk about awesome. why you didn't like Copperhead. Well, I think you guys are on the right track. I'll say that for sure. So, you know, where, before I let you go, let's, let's, uh, where can we plug this? Where can we, where can people find you? What's the best way to get in touch? Maybe both personally, you can plug your own stuff here, but also obviously TerraVision or Graveface or, you know, where, where can people find you guys? Mr. Graveface? Uh, I don't exist I don't... anywhere, but uh, <laughs> the company exists at terra-vision.com. Um, Brad actually exists as a human being on Twitter. Yeah, well, I mean, TerraVision has uh, an active Facebook page, which you can find. Uh, I'm at Brad F. Henderson on Twitter, which I talk a lot about our company and what we're doing. And I tease quite a bit uh, mm -hmm. on there. Um, I'm on certain Discord channels for, with, you know, because I like to engage with fans because I think that's a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, like... Uh, we have a, a Blu-ray forum dedicated to TerraVision that I, you know, am part of. So um, I'm on there, you know, kind of talking about the same thing. So I, I, I'm, I'm out there and it's, you know, promotion and engagement because I like to I like to know what people like. You know, I, I, I still find it grat like even if you hate something that we put out, I would still like to know. And st still, yeah. I mean, a civil conversation about it. But you know, I, I do, I do like to engage. I do. Good like luck on Twitter and the forums with the civil conversations. <laughs> well, I also have a very low tolerance policy. So if you <laughs> are fucking nasty or you treat people nasty, I'll just we'll ban oh. you from the fucking store. Like I hear you. We're not going to have any toxic bullshit in our uh, our groups. Good. Um, good. But anyways, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, we, we like good, good, clean fun. The movies can be dirty as fuck, 
you know, and nasty <laughs> and offensive. But you know, we're not going to do that to to people and fans, um, or let fans do that to you too. So absolutely. All right, so terrorvision.com. I'll link all this stuff. I'll link Twitter and and Facebook and all that. It'll be linked in the, if you're watching video, it'll be in the video description, audio and the audio description everywhere you can find it so people can go check it out. But yeah, definitely definitely stay updated with these guys because they're on to something here. He said 250 movies. So now I've got these, I've got expectations. It might be 300. We don't fucking know. (laughs) So I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. I think you're going to have plenty of people who are, who are interested as well. There's, there's a big interest in this space. And like you said, that whole like idea of bringing the home video uh, or sorry, the video store, like that experience back to life is, I think that's the nostalgia you can really tap into and, and, and capture people's interests. So yeah, I, I think most I people that hopes. bought stuff, yeah, I think most people that buy stuff were at a video store at one point you walk in yeah. and you have so many choices and that's what we want. Like you, we're not going to have just shot on video movies. We're not going to have just horror films. It's, you know, like it. we just, we want, we want, like, I guess the goal is, is anybody that purchases physical media, even in the smallest capacity in two years, at least have one vine- or a uh, television title. Right. They um, can find something that fits yeah, their interest. Something yeah. in their, in their, in their collection. So cool. Any last words, Mr. Grayface? Thanks for the talk, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. You are welcome. Thank you guys for coming on. And um, I'm really excited to see where this goes and hopefully this helps get the word out. Although, you know, this will be everywhere. And yeah, but it's been a really interesting conversation. I again, every time I do one of these, I learn a lot, but the transparency you guys have, and I've seen it on your Twitter account, Brad too. Like that's, it's important. It'll keep people engaged. That, that kind of transparency is something you don't get these days in this world. So I'd say keep, keep that up and keep building the community and you're onto something special here. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right, guys. So that was our interview with Brad and Ryan from terror vision. As they mentioned, check out terrorvision.com. It's terror vision.com where you can find all of their latest releases right now. It's just a handful of stuff and things like, uh, you know, tack of the killer refrigerator, just kind of, really wild wacky obscure stuff so if you're like me and you're into that world you're gonna really like what they have to offer great slip covers great packaging like brad mentioned 13 hours of special features on copperhead like who's doing that right now they're working with some great artists they're working with justin beam who we had in the podcast for special features now i mean they are a label to watch for sure they're gonna make some noise in this space and yes it's going to be a little niche within a niche and it's going to be sort of uh more obscure but i also think that they're going to have some mainstream or bigger name titles come out with their with their success and you know 250 movies in their bag i can only imagine what might be on its way so i think they're definitely one to pay attention to so go check out terrorvision.com i'll link them in the descriptions of the audio and video episodes and also you can find brad on twitter and like he said in a couple discord uh, communities and forums but twitter he's been very active there and uh that's that's how i got in touch with him and, and started following what was happening at terrorvision so that's probably the best way to do it but appreciate you guys all coming out for this episode hopefully you enjoyed it uh, i don't know who's going to be a guest next week i'm still working on that but hey we'll figure it out I do this thing sort of, this is sort of off the cuff. I do it when I can and I just find people that make sense and 
hopefully it works out. So, you know, we definitely have some good guests coming up. I'm not sure which episode will drop next week, but as always, stay tuned for the weekly episodes on Friday, and I'll be trying to do more of those coming soon episodes each week so you know what's coming to 4K and Blu-ray and all the latest news and physical media and home entertainment as a sort of small bonus episode. So pay attention to those as well. I just dropped the first one uh, last week, but check that out, support it. And as always, please, if you enjoy the content, five stars on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen is super helpful to help us rank up and get more listeners. And if you're on YouTube, make sure you like the video, subscribe, and let me know in the comments if you enjoyed it. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Stay safe, stay healthy out there, and I'll talk to you soon. Coming soon. Be sure to subscribe to the Films at Home podcast using your favorite app so you don't miss another episode. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review this podcast, which helps us out tremendously. You can also help support us by watching our short-form content over on YouTube and TikTok by searching Films at Home. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at films underscore at underscore home. The intro and outro were created by Elon Osborne. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.